0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about the house, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the house app. You know, it it is good to welcome people to the house. You may be an excellent uh, host, but I don't know. I just think it's a little awkward when you invite someone to your house and you don't tell them where the bathroom is you don't you don't tell them that they can get a drink of water um, that you just kind of assume that everybody knows everything. And here's what we want to do. when we say everybody stand up and welcome someone to the house, we're wanting you to actually stretch your spiritual muscles to move outside one chair. Come we got, some of y'all have one, one chair theology. Okay, well, I'm just gonna reach there. That's it. Boom, boom. And here's what we want to do: we want to be a church that is welcome mean. Well, does that make sense? Like, like if you think about the whole concept of God sending Jesus, it's this idea that Jesus just went from, from village to village, began to preach and teach. And just begin to welcome people in. And so here is a value that we have for us. Um, we hope three things happen when you come to the church. We hope three things happen. First of all, we hope that you are seen. Yeah. Not not herded, seen. We, we hope that someone makes some eye contact with you, that someone sees you, and that there is a difference in you being here because you felt like someone was welcoming and someone wanted to see you. We feel like that's important. We, we don't serve a, a, a king or a father that he is dysfunctional. He is very functional. And he has done all he can do to make sure that it settles the inconsistencies of our soul. So when you come in, we want you to be seen. The second thing we want is we want you to experience the presence of God in worship. That's what we want. We believe that a lot of things happen. When we begin to sing praises to the Lord, we believe that a moment begins to happen. Come on, the hardness of our heart begins to shift. And, and out of that overflow of focus and gratitude begins to unlock the ability to hear the Word. And the last thing that we want is, is we, want, um, we want the Word to be encouraging and we also want it to be challenging. So here's the concept for us is we want you to accept the love uh, that God has for you. And we're going to work really, really hard to try to explain that in a creative way because either you've come to church a long time and we, the theology of knowing God loves us is sometimes more, more present than the actual Knowing God loves us and feeling that. Does that make sense? Um, And so we want you to feel the love of the Lord. But then we also, listen to this, we also want to give truth that sets you free. See, love, we want to give love no matter where you're at, who you are, what's going on in your life. You're broken, you just got out of jail. None of that, really. listen, none of that really matters to me. There is value on your life, and we want to love you Based on the intrinsic value in your life. Does that make sense? The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. We want to love you. But the next part of it is we want to give you truth that begins to set you free because here's the thing truth allows and opens up for the area of awareness. Does that make sense? The goal of church is not that you feel better, the goal of coming to church is not that you're just encouraged. This is not a cheerleading moment. The goal of church is to take the heaviness off of you and give you truth so that you can spiritually expand your awareness and realize what is going on that if you remove that, you could live more life, that your life could thrive. Does that make sense? And so when you, when you come, we are hoping for both love and truth. Last weekend, my family was in Houston, and uh, we were, were, were traveling. We, we felt like it was a moment for all of us to kind of connect. So uh, my wife and I, uh, we've been married 18, 18 years in March. We have four kids, and so we packed the minivan down. Come on, somebody. And we did the road trip road trip. And so, you know the idea, come on parents, where you're like, we just need to connect. So like, we're not going to do social media. We're not going to do it. We're just going to all talk the whole way. And and, and, come on, how many of y'all know how that turns out? (laughs) And before you know it, people are shoving. And, and and so what's funny is, you know, when our kids were younger, we would be like alphabet game. We'd have roadside games. Come on. We, we would have those games and they love to play them. Now that they're older, you have to entice them with money. The money is how they play the game. And so we we listened to this audiobook and we were like, okay, if you get whoever gets 15 questions first gets $10. And so now the, the, the minivan, I'm telling you, competition has hit all-time high. This money is real, and we are fighting. And so, you know, the idea of us, you know, connecting. Now there was competitiveness in the minivan, and it was, listen, there were tears. It was real. They didn't answer it correctly. You know how I'm saying. <laughs> so we're driving along and everything is fine. We're kind of, you know, family, family, festive, fun, been together, and we hit Houston. And and I just need to kind of repent to you guys. I need to kind of. I feel like it's important for me to, you know, bring before you some of my wrongs. Um, I, I get very frustrated in Northwest Arkansas with the traffic. I'm sure that's not, I'm sure you are so much, um, your your, your compassion and empathy is so much deeper for all of those people on the road. And when you see cars, you see the economy booming. (laughs) You see people getting a chance. When I see cars, come on somebody, it's like someone's making me go slow and I hate it. I don't want to go slow. I don't want to be told I have to go a certain speed. I don't want to be at this light longer than I should. And so there are moments of uh, frustration. Can anybody get a, can I get a witness? Come on, anybody. All right, to so all of you truthful people, thank you, all of you Pharisees. Oh, don't worry, we're going to get to you at the end. Uh, so I'm... I kind of have that premise, and now I'm in Houston, and there is six lanes in this highway on both sides. I'm like, does it ever end? It's six lanes, and we are not slow. slow. There is no slow. We are stuck. You know, what we are stopped. The kids are like, if we get out and walk, it would be faster. You know, what I'm <laughs> it's like, like the, the the. And here's the thing: is there is no merging like it's competitive it's a real thing i don't know if it's like on all the houston radios but they will not let you in like you're merging and they're like bring it on (laughs) they see you coming over and they're watching you through the window and they're like as soon as you put that as soon as you start they come up faster And I'm like, I've got to get over to the exit. Come on. Anxiety, frustration. I have no idea what I'm gonna say. Siri's yelling at me. The kids are like, someone's cheating. All of this family fun is now exploding. Come on, somebody in the vehicle. And I'm like, Lord, take me now. (laughs) Come on. You know what I'm saying? Blow the trumpet, please. I'm like I'm like needing to merge and, and I'm, I'm like, and they won't let me over and, and this one guy literally was like, and I was like, putting up my children, please <laughs> he's going to pee in the van they don't care listen i I don't know about you but my family was totally unaware of the storm that was going off inside me. Anybody ever know? Everybody, anybody, like, ever in a moment where, like, people are totally unaware of the frustration that is going on in you? And you, really, what you need is everybody to stop and pray. You know what I'm saying? Like, remember when you were a kid, they taught you stop, drop, and roll? I just need everybody to stop and pray for your father right now because something's burnt, something's coming, something's coming. Uh, It's a lot like, you know, Old Testament. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? As I was thinking about this, this was going on, and I'm trying to control this, and nobody recognizes it. Everybody's just doing their thing. Everybody's talking. Everybody's doing serious. Yeah, there's kids talking. My wife's like, hey, we probably need to turn. I'm like, (laughs) 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 right. (laughs) Right. And I don't know where you are spiritually. But um, if you're trying to navigate your life and you keep getting stuck, my encouragement to you is give all of those cares to Jesus. Give all of them to Jesus. He is worthy and able, listen, to get you moving again. And I meet people from time to time, and they feel like they're stuck. They're frustrated. They wanted to be over here. They wanted to be over there. They wanted to be further down the road. They wanted to have that business, that occupation, that marriage, that w- whatever it is. And they are frustrated daily because they're not where they want to be. Here's what I need you to know is that he is not against you. He is for you. God is not, come on, help me, God is not against you, God is for you. Can we say that? God is not against me. I know I switched it up on you, my bad. Some of you are like, okay, you let us. God is not against me. God, God is for me. God is for me. God is, God. And sometimes we have to remember that my assignment today is give it all. Give it all. Give it all to Him. What is the burdens? What is the weight? What is the problems? What is the frustration? What are the unmet expectations? What, what, what is it that is holding us back and keeping us from feeling like we can really break into the dream, the purpose, the destiny, the calling that God has, come on, on our life? We are finishing the series, Unexpected Sermon, uh, Unexpected Moments. And we believe for an unexpected moment to happen, there has to be a moment when you realize that the things of this earth, the things of this world are not the true source. They're not the source. There's a lot of great things. There's a lot of awesome things. But here's what happens is if we're not careful, we will supplement the wrong source, and then be hurt and frustrated when it overcommitted and underdelivered. Does that make sense? The truth of the matter is, God is the only source. Everybody here, and I don't know everybody here, but, but, but it is my hope that everybody here is looking for a life of meaning and purpose. That everybody here wants to live a life where there is nobility. And that you are a giver. Like, hopefully you're becoming the person that you leave people better than when you found them. Yeah. That, that you are making a difference in somebody's life, but here's the thing that I need to tell you why all of that sounds good, and we are a, 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 a an American now that we are actively promoting social justice. Can I tell you this? The greatest way to love people is to get hooked up to the source because God is love, and, and God is the, the fuel that begins to move through you so that you can really begin to love people here's the thing john 10 10 says this and i want to show you this the thief comes to come on help me steal kill and destroy but jesus said this look at this i have come that they may have what say it with me life that may have life and have it marginally sporadically, unintentionally. See, here's the thing is for us to really under, understand the dichotomy of death and life, we need to understand the fact that there is an enemy that is warring against us To move and steal and kill and destroy the purposes, the plan, the calling of God on your life. But then there is Jesus who was sent, listen, to provide life and for you to live abundantly. We turn on the TV and we hear abundance. Abundantly, we hear about political division. Abundantly, we hear about viruses and sickness. Uh, 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 Abundantly, we hear about social issues. Uh, Abundantly, we we mourn because there is an abundance of callousness and lack of personal dignity. Um, We see a nation that has an abundance of death, and we're still actually fighting for the value of life. And we... Come on. And so there's all of this abundance that is programming us, listen, to think a certain way, to act a certain way, to find another source. Church, Jesus is the source of life, not fake life. The goal of you coming and surrendering your life to the Lord isn't so... Your hair is combed and, and you look externally a little better. It is an internal work of transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit that begins to cause some awareness in your life and you begin to see the harmful cycles that are destroying Come on, your life and you can apply that with the Word of God. Does this make sense? Jesus is a storm stopper. Jesus is a miracle worker. Jesus is a life giver. But there is an enemy that is always working against us. Come on, now, now, now listen, I'm giving you a little bit of theology, then we're going to laugh and have fun. But, but the truth of the matter is, there is always opposition to you. What is the enemy always doing? Listen, he is always tempting, he is always lying, and he's always deceiving us always, in hopes that he would still kill and destroy our potential, our dreams, like what the assignment of God on our life to make the world, listen, better, not just socially better, but transformationally better. Does this make sense for us? How does he do that? How does the enemy do that? He uses our desires against us. See, we all have desires. The Bible tells us in James that there are desires in us and that we are tempted and enticed by the desires, come on, listen, in us. And so it doesn't matter who you are, listen. You will all have to train and manage and discipline your desires. For there to be fruitfulness in your life. Desires have to be managed. Does that make sense? Can you all help me with that? Does that make sense? And so we have a group of people that are like, I want God to take it because I don't want to have this desire anymore. And God is like this. I will Because of my son, because of what I've done, because of redemption, I sever that tie and chain and you are free to now apply the word of God to your life and begin to steer your desires away from death, come on, into life. We now, because we've lost this concept of who is the killer and who is the life bringer, we now politically make policy, listen, because we feel like there is no control over desires. When that is not what the Bible teaches That's not what it teaches us. Can I I lean into this real quick? Anybody uncomfortable yet? Cool, this is exciting. (laughs) Do we need a policy for people to lose weight or do they need to change their desire? I don't care about weight. I'm just using it as an example. Do we need a policy, listen, listen, about whatever it is? Or do we need the Holy Spirit to come in and teach us because we can't see it, comfort us because we've messed up, hold us? Does that make sense? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit was sent so that he could coach you real game time. How many of you would do better if you had like a coach walking with you like all the time? Y'all remember when, and I'm going to date myself. I'm gonna, We're going to go old school. Y'all ready for this? Y'all remember... Uh, uh, Quinn, the medicine late, the, the, the what was that show? What was that show called? What was it? Oh, Dr. Quinn. You know what was funny is like everybody loved that show, and he always said the right things. He was always so romantic. The guy, the, what was that guy? Sully, Sully, come on. How many, y'all, how many of y'all thought you were marrying Sully? <laughs> uh, uh-oh. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm just telling you, all you husbands, let me just tell you, after that show, you just didn't have a chance. Why? Because Sully had like seven writers that begin to say, No, don't say that. That sounds like this. Say this. Oh. I could be so awesome if, before I spoke to my wife or my kids, if I had a coach say, Let's talk about that real quick. Come on, somebody. Is that good? Come on, how many of you wives would do so much better if you could just kind of navigate the the thing in your, and you just would say it, and they're like, actually, uh, all that's bad. (laughs) Say this. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like you see the light on, and you want to say, hey, do you see the light? Who's going to turn that off? But then the coach comes in and says, hey, babe." Notice that light, it just keeps getting on. Do you, do you think it would be good to turn it off, or you, you, are you thinking it makes our house a little happier? Come on, how many of y'all would love a coach? We have that, it's called the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Come on, that helps us navigate. Paul makes it clear, listen. There are three ways that the enemy tries to destroy our life. Three ways. And, and these are three. The Bible says that there are arrows that the enemy uses, and they're the same arrows. That's why in the Bible, when it says that Jesus was tempted in all ways, it doesn't mean that it was every like micro sin, but it was this concept that Jesus was tempted with lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Those are the three arrows that he has, and that's what he uses for everyone. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Okay, so what is that? Everybody is tempted with the gold. I mean, you know anybody who you have a conversation with them, and all of a sudden something happens, and they're like, squirrel. <laughs> you know, you're know, you like, uh, uh, "Like sh- there was a shiny penny. Something happened. It was like, you know, we, we were here, and now where are you? There are some people that lust of the eyes. There is always that next gold. There is always that next thing that consumes their visual attention. And they think, if I can have that, I'll be somebody. Does that make sense? Okay, that's an arrow. The next is this, is is lust of the flesh. That means, so everybody's struggling with the gold. Everybody's then struggling with the girl or guy. If I can have them. <laughs> Maybe them be money now. Come on. If I can get that trophy, if I can get that man, if I can, whoo, come on, hey, what's up, man? I see you. you know, like, like, and so that is, like, I'll be someone and I'll be fulfilled if I can have them. Does that make sense? The last is the pride of life. So we're talking about the gold, uh, the girl or guy, or the glory if I could just have all that, if I could have respect, if I could have admiration, if I could, if I could have all of it, if I, listen, if I could have the glory, if I walk in and come on, I expect to always be right, I argue my point to the end, and before I know it, listen, 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 I am being tempted, and these three ways are the things that break down life. They actually lead us to death. If you chase everything that you visually see, if you think that you will be made by what you possess, come on, does that make, you will trend toward death. Life will not work for you. In fact, Paul told us this. Look at this, Romans chapter six, verse uh, 16 through 19. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? So here's the deal. He is drawing the line. How many of y'all ever make decisions by drawing a line on a paper? Good, bad. Anybody do that? Okay, nobody, just me? Cool, let's go. It's fine. It's fun to be the only one in church that does that. Um, so he's drawing a line, and he's saying this is death. This is life. Okay, look at this. Yourself, slaves to obey, you are the one slave whom you obey. Whether it be sin leading to death, or it be what? Obedience leading to righteousness. In other words, there is no middle where you're figuring it out. You're either submitted under this or you're submitted under this. Does that make sense? For us, our whole life will change, and and, and how we... uh, Think about the Lord will change when we understand that Jesus gave his life so that we could overcome death and sin, which produces a hardness of heart and it separates us from God. Jesus was the answer. Come on for that. Colossians 1 3 through 4 says this He has delivered us, look at this, from the power of darkness and conveyed. What does that word mean? It means carried carried look at this us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of sin if you're on this side today good news for you the good news of the gospel isn't a long finger saying the good news is you don't have to trend toward death it doesn't have to get worse before it gets better. Come on, somebody. We don't have to go and keep drifting where the things and the callings of God and all of this is stolen from us. And Does that make sense? We can move toward life. Does anybody want to move toward life? Come on. Listen. No, actually, I like destroying everything around me. It's kind of anarchist, and it's kind of what I do. Come on, listen. For us, it's important church, because I believe there is somebody here today, listen to this, that you're big city stressed, you're high traffic stuck, and this morning, if you would empty all of that out and give it to Jesus, transformation would begin in your life. See, I don't know, is there anybody in this room that would praise the Lord and would say, That has been me. I was trending toward death, but then I began to surrender my life. I gave it all. And here's the deal. I'm not perfect, but can I tell you, I wake up every day wanting to live this life rather than getting rid of this life. Come on, is there anybody that could say that? Is there anybody that can say that? Absolutely, absolutely. Here is what we're going to talk about for the next 10 minutes. Unpacking this concept of light and death. Um, uh, of life and death. John chapter 12, verse one through eight. And I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be fast. It says this, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So he gave a dinner for him there. Martha served. Lazarus was the one reclining at the table. Therefore, Mary took a pound of the expensive ointment made from pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, wiped his feet with her hair. The house was full of the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said, Um, He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. Listen to this, thief. And having charge over the money bag, he used to help himself to whatever was in it. Jesus said, leave her alone that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you will always have, but you do not always have me. I want you to lean into this thought. I believe that we need to help people. I believe that we need to help people, but the greatest way that you can help people is by giving your first service to Jesus. See, here's the concept. Here's the concept. The concept was that, sure, we want to help people, But I meet so many people that are running out to help someone, but they are depleted in and of themselves. You've got to take care of your relationship with the Lord first. Come on, somebody. And then out of the overflow of that, you've got something to give. When you don't give out of the overflow, you will be hurt. For us, let's look at this. Let's give a little background. They're in the house and the home of Simon the leper. And and the truth of the matter is, we spent two or three Sundays on this. Uh, Two weeks ago, I talked about Simon the leper. And and then last week, come on, didn't Devin do a great job? Where is he? Uh, Devin did a great job. uh, Talking about Lazarus. And um, and I would encourage you to download our app and and get those sermons. Here's the deal. Everybody has to miss from time to time, but here's what I need you to know. As a body of Christ, we are moving forward. We are moving on. And so... When you're traveling, stay connected to the DNA and what God's doing because you may leave here and then your your business takes you out for three or four weeks and you come back and you feel like I've missed something. Don't don't do that. Here, get the word. Put it in your life. Begin to take steps with us, even if, come on, you're not here. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, six days before Passover, this is the Jewish celebration of God using Moses to free the children of Israel. So they are all coming together getting ready to celebrate that wonderful unexpected moment from a long time ago. Come on. Here is the thought process I want to give us. Church, there are some great things that God did in the past. We are all here because of what God did in the past. Come on. Where am I shout to the Lord people? Come on. Come on. My. Come on. Good job, Nick. Thank. I, was, I was I was I was I was right there and you you saved me. Lord there is none like you. Come on. Listen. Let's just bring Darlene back. Can we just bring Darlene back? Listen. We need that old-time religion. We need that old-time revival. Come on, where are the hymns at? Where are the... Come on. And if we're not careful, listen, listen, listen. The goal of the church is not to just forget, but it also isn't to look so far back that we forget that unexpected moments are still happening in people's lives. And with some crazy worship, and people are jumping up and down, and you don't even... The song is going so fast you can't even read it. You're like, I can't even get all this. Like, can we slow this thing down? Like, I need a three-verser. Come on, do we have a three-verser in the room? And so before you know it, they're all commemorating an incredible moment, but they're in the middle, listen, of an incredible moment. They're in in the middle of an incredible moment where Jesus says what this woman has done, they will never stop talking about. Here's this concept. The house party is going on. Everybody in the room has a story. Everybody has a testimony. And this whole party is happening because of Jesus. It's set to honor Jesus. Jesus is the main event. Simon had been healed. Lazarus had been raised from the dead. Come on, Jesus intervened in Mary and Martha's family drama. And he kind of liked it. How many of y'all would like to invite Jesus to Thanksgiving? Yes. Jesus, I need you to handle my sister. No, stop, stop. No, no nudging. No nudging. Like I need to invite Jesus. Come on to Christmas because it gets real. I ain't going to tell you who Martha is, but (laughs) Jesus has worked out a little family drama and now he is the focus. Can I tell you that unexpected moments will happen when Jesus begins to receive the focus? See, a lot of us focus on so many different things. What would it be like for your life? See, would life begin if problems weren't the focus or if self-interest wasn't the focus or being right, come on, listen, wasn't the focus? What is the focus? Because here's the thing. Every time my family has hit a new area of thriving, it is because my focus was on Jesus. Jesus is not looking to get an honorable mention, the fragrance in the room will change when Jesus is the focus. The fragrance of your heart, the where your heart is, what's going on with your life. See, here's the thing is Mary was, was, was wanting to um, honor Jesus for what he was about to do. Martha wanted to serve Jesus for what he had done. And in this moment, everyone is focused on Jesus. What would happen in your life if he got the focus? See, I know we love prayer. But do we pray? I know, man, I, this is the Bible. I believe everything in it. Yeah, word of God. Yeah. In the South, word of God. How much do we read it? How much do we read it? See, if we're not careful, let's just talk about this. We will be in the Bible belt, but the Bible... Won't be holding up no pants. I just made that up. I just kinda did that. I was kinda, it felt right. It felt right. Maybe it's a miss. It felt right. Here's the thing, is we're being transformed by Fox News and CNN more than we are the Word of God that will change your life. Come on. Come on. Listen. Why why was focus present? Why was focus present? Because, listen, the house was full, listen, of gratefulness. Gratefulness. Focus. When focus is present, it's because gratefulness has filled the room. Long before the fragrance of worship can be, there has to be a spirit of gratefulness. See, I believe Mary moves towards Jesus because she's grateful at all that he's done. Since you've been in my life, life has come back. My family has come back. Now, come on, you've changed the home. Jesus wasn't just an ordinary guy. Mary was willing to express that gratefulness in a way that changed the room. Ministry to Jesus is the overflow of gratefulness. There's only one that can raise you from death to life. There's only one that can take you out of brokenness and bondage and hurt and begin to free, come on, listen, your life. You can never plan for an unexpected moment, but listen to this. You can prepare. You can prepare yourself for that moment as we look around. Listen, I love that she holds nothing back. She holds nothing back. Gratefulness. What would happen if our homes were filled with gratefulness? What if our what 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 would happen if we stopped being critical? Come on. Look look at our culture. The truth of the matter is when we come to church, some days you're gonna be winning. And some days you're gonna be hurting. Some days you're gonna be feeling like God has answered my prayer. And the other days, you're going to feel like God is so distant. Where is he? But in all of those days, there's this expectation that you remember the goodness of the Lord, even when it doesn't feel right. Come on, somebody. You remember the goodness of the Lord. You remember the goodness of the Lord. She doesn't hold anything back. Judas says that this is 300 denarii. That's a full years of wage. And yet... I love this because she is so quick to pour it out on Jesus. If we were to look at Mark chapter 14, verse 3, it says, While he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he was reclining at the table, and a woman came with an alabaster flask. This ointment, look at this, what it says. And she broke the flask and poured it on his head. She broke it. This is a hold." Nothing back. This is like an ESPN moment. It's like, anybody watch ESPN? Yeah. Come on, I, I remember, uh, I remember like being so involved in the, the commentators where they would say, LeBron and Steph, man, they're giving it their all. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're holding nothing back. I'm I, I thinking, like, Lindsey Vaughn, I man, like the ski, she like won like 83 championships. Like, holding nothing back. What about Kurt Warner? I mean, think about Kurt Warner. This guy was sacking groceries. Y'all remember that story? Like sacking groceries and then got back into the NFL, won a championship, and got an MVP. I feel like Mary's moment is like an ESPN where the commentator, oh my gosh, she broke the flash. She's all in. Like there was this idea. Why, why was it important that she broke it? Because I see so many Christians not thriving in their spiritual life because they dole out measures. See, God is wanting you to break the thing and give him total worship. See, the idea of her breaking the flask meant that oil couldn't go back. We got way too many people trying to go back and they're trying church. I'm gonna try church like it's a Coca cola Dr. Pepper. I'm gonna try, it. You know, I, I tried it, I tried it. Break your flask. Watch God do something in your life. Watch him move, come on, in your life. And all of a sudden, you focus on pouring out. You focus on Jesus. You focus on gratitude. And here's what I'm telling you. I can't tell you when. I can't tell you where. But I can tell you an unexpon- un- <laughs> unexpected moment will come in and change, listen, your life. That's right. Unexpected moments. I think for us, here's the deal. That statement, nine people just decided to break their flask, to make a commitment in front of everybody, this is who I'm gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be hard not to, to show up at church again when you just said, I'm <laughs> Some of you, the only reason you had not had the traction that you need to have is because you've doled out a measure when God wants it all. Come on, does this make sense? For us, don't return back to the old vessels. Move forward. I think for for me, and and we're almost done here, the most sobering part of this story, and if you're a church leader, if you're a leader, if you're a life group leader, if you serve on our teams, I want you to kind of lean into this moment real quick. There's a scary part to this story. The scary part to this story is Judas. And I know that we could read Judas and we know his story. We know what happened. And it's very easy for us to go, oh, well, Judas. But here's the part that is scary to me. The scary part is that he is in the middle of An unexpected moment. God is about to change this woman's life. And here, he calls it wasteful. The one who's walked with Jesus, the one who's seen the great miracles, he calls it, listen, listen, wasteful. For me, it's a scary moment when one of Jesus' own disciples begins to disqualify the moment that the whole fragrance of the room has changed. Come on, does that make sense? Now, here's the truth. Listen, he had a logical thought. The logical thought was, couldn't this be better used for something else? But it's almost like, have you ever been told, calm down, you Christian? Just be a little bit more normal come down. Oh oh oh, you're that church. Okay. Oh oh, I got it. you lift your hand, okay? So you're a yoga carrier, you're up now. Okay, I got that. You stretch, you're stretchers. Okay. Here's the thing. If we're not careful, I can tell you this. Extravagant devotion to Jesus will always invite criticism. Because God's wanting all out people. Come on, does that make sense? Like if you're trying to put your commitment to God on some sort of org chart where you can manage all of these things, what I'm telling you is you're not tasting enough to really change your life. God's wanting you to break the flask, be all in. Does that make sense? There was no logic in the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea. There was no logic in Esther walking into the king and saying, listen, let's save the people. There was no logic in Jonah returning back to Nineveh. There was no logic for John the Baptist to be doing baptism to Jews. There was no lo- Come on, help me. Does that make sense? And all of us want to see revival, but all of us want to predescribe and control what it looks like. We lift our hands here. You'll see it. People sing. They lift their hands. Why do we do that? Psalms 134 verse 2 says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Bless the Lord. So you're going to hear people singing and listen, they shouldn't. We know, come on, that they are off. But here's the deal. We just believe that in heaven, God is more excited about the heart that is all in than the tone. Come on, does that make sense? Now, that, 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 I'm going to just say this. If you've always wanted to be a worship leader and you can't sing, you ain't singing. I just, just want to say that right now. Thank you, Lord. Okay, does that mean? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Like, you're going to have to have some skill. Just like we're not going to let you work with children if you don't like them. Come on. Listen, here's the idea. We sing, we dance, we pray, we tithe, we give, we serve, we grow, we love, we use spiritual gifts, and it is not wasteful. It is fruitful. Jesus said, leave her alone. It's all good. The real truth is that, that that this, and let's lean into this. Every leader, listen, listen to this. Judas only saw value in it if he could control it. Why wasn't that given to me so that I could steward it? Here is the most dangerous part is that, leader, you can say something logical and you can say something good. It's just wrong. Every one of our young leaders, every one of our people, what's right in one context is not always right in the other. And we got to know the environment of the room. We got to know what God's doing. Come on. y'all. Does this make sense? Is, this, is it helping you? Listen. The truth is, he sounded like a steward, but really he was a stealer. He sounded like, but, but, but really? Oh God, search our hearts. Man, y'all go ahead and come up. Help us never call someone service to God wasteful. How, what they do and how they give it. Many here, I hear people all the time, tell me stories of their family. Well, you're serving. You're doing a life group. You're up there again. Well, you know what? Maybe you're spending a lot of time at church. Well, you're... It's not wasteful. It's not wasteful. Come on. Listen, helping us launch a 5 p.m. service, that's not wasteful. Well, uh, y'all are at church a lot. You know what they say. Seven people live over there in one area. And before you know it, listen, what will happen is people will begin to criticize a devotion that you have for God because you're all in because they don't understand it. Right, right. Well, well, y'all are just always in life group. You're just always, uh, that's right, that's right. It's called community. And it's not about control, it's about support. Right. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Here, here's the reality, is that with all of us, what you're doing isn't wasteful. The steps that you're taking are not wasteful. You 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 signing up for a life group, going through framework, beginning to tithe. I don't know why I'd give money to a charity organization. Before you know it, here's the here's the issue. Here's the issue. You sound like someone who cares, but really, you want to control. Yeah. Come on, does this make sense? It's not wasteful for you to take that coffee that take, take that coffee to that coworker and begin to say, "Hey, I'm praying for you. It's not wasteful to turn all of your uh, electronics off and, and have a, a movie night with your wife. It's not wasteful, come on, and if we're not careful, listen. what we'll do is we'll see everything in the context of what is wasteful. Here's my conclusion. Mary gave it all because she knew, listen, who Jesus was and we know that people will come in and out of our church and they are all on different roads and journeys and we we don't judge that we, we want to lead that but here is what we know when we come into worship when we come in to take the word come on I'm looking for note takers I'm looking for people that want to grow I'm looking I'm looking for people that want to say God show me my area of awareness show me my Holy Spirit begin to move in my life come on listen because I know that you are creating life. When we got married, I had no idea how selfish I was until we got married. Then she taught me. <laughs> See, death moves you toward me first. And if you're first, you will destroy life. Well, what by God in this house, we're gonna have it on 63. And she's like, I want it on 74. Like, we're totally different. Come on, I remember the first time we're in the bed sleeping together. and she's, she, she likes all the covers like tucked in and she, sleep, like, she was like this. I was like, it looked like you're dying. <laughs> and I'm like, I was the person, come on in like Montessori school where the, the my butt was up and you know the leg <laughs> you know I'm like pulling out the covers I'm like ah, and she's like can you stop moving and I'm like you're looking like you're dead and she's like I can't sleep because you're wiggling and I'm like I gotta wake up I'm free <laughs> the point is we all have ideas but if we're not careful we'll all gravitate to this me first idea and that will lead death and destroy and kill everything in. You gotta go over here and say, God, I give me, I give everything to you and I pour out because you're the only one that builds life. John 14, 3 says, If I go to prayer place for you, then I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you will be also. You can have life. Are you stopped? Are you frustrated? Do you feel like you're trying to exit and move forward, but you can't? Here is what I want to say. Leave it all. Step out of your comfort zone. Surrender your life. Today you have a choice. Raise your hand. It could be your unexpected moment to say, Jesus, today I give you all of the death so that I can become life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.